The world is a scary place, but we're going to learn how to survive it together. Welcome to Camp Catastrophe, where we counsel you on crises. Welcome, campers. My name is Counselor Rain. And my name is Counselor Poppy. And today, we'll be discussing Camping 101 with a special focus on camping shelters. Okay, so, uh, Rain, how many times have you pitched a tent exactly? I can truthfully count on one hand how many times I've actually pitched a tent. How successful was it? I'm going to say three out of those five times were mildly successful, while two of them were extremely (laughs) successful. Okay, so we have extremely successful versus mildly. Um, So how many people on a general basis do you think actually know how to pitch a tent? based off of that like how many people do you know that just regularly go camping off to do so i'm gonna say if you picked 20 random people off of the side of the road and you put them in a room and said tell me how to pitch a tent i'm gonna venture to say maybe one and if you're really lucky two people could tell you like how correct correct honestly (laughs) um no you're right it's that um you always see those people with the tinder bios that are like, <laughs> you know, I love hiking. You're like, do you really? Do you I'm really a nature like girl. Adventures, you're nature girl. Oh Should yeah. I'm gonna fucking put the fire out, man. Okay. Well, anyways, um, so tent types. I'm assuming then that you don't actually go and like get your tents up, all that jazz. So I'm gonna tell you a little bit about the types of tents that I have encountered, and the types that suck. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, the types of tents that I enjoy. Are, the first one is like dome tents. It's kind of exactly like it sounds like, right? You have uh, tents that are kind of like a mound almost. It has two different rods. It's connected. It's lighter. It's easier. And then it blows away as soon as you're trying to put it up. You know, I think those are the kinds of tents <laughs> that are also marketed toward like children. So you've got like a really cool tent with just like ducks printed all over it. So it's bound. Are you telling me that you would not take a tent with ducks on it? Okay, you make a great point. How dare you? <laughs> but on that note, I would also be blown away with the tent. I like that. That was good. Um, other than that, we've got like multi-room tents. Multi-room tents are pretty much what you take. You mentioned children. Multi-room tents are what you take when you have children going with you to campsites. So this kind of tent is essentially like building yourself a house. It comes in like minimum three extra rooms. So it's like if you want privacy away from the kiddos or like you're a college student like we are and you're like going to get fucking hammered, right? Anyone, but side note, anyone on this podcast that is showing this to children, this is your own fault, okay? We're going to make that clear. Anyways, so when you're getting hammered in your tent... (laughs) In more ways than one, apparently. More than one, yes. More than one room, especially. Um, You're going to want this tent because it's really just you drive up with it. It's heavy as shit. You're going to need multiple people to assemble it. And that's the hard part, is that it takes a lot of expertise to pitch. I do not recommend this to beginners whatsoever. The easiest for beginners is dome tents, even though they don't provide the best support, the best structure. Um... Now, the one that is fun, also difficult, is the backpacking tent. 
right? Mm, so uh, you know that I go on a lot of hikes, obviously. Yeah. Um, when I go on like more extreme hikes is when I got to get my backpack tent because multi-day hikes, long distance, you got to carry that on your own. When you're going up in this wilderness, you will die if you do not have this tent. Um, it's not made for two people. You know that like, but there was only one bed. That's what this tent is good for. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. You want that trope to come alive in your fanfic? I recommend the backpacking tent. And now, now we're going to is it collapsible? Like, do you straight up roll that tent up into a backpack and carry it on your back? Oh, yeah. So, um, do you know what, like, the basic hiking backpack looks like, essentially? Uh, in a way, yeah. So, the one that I have, it, um, so it's backpack-shaped. We're going to start there. If you don't know what a backpack is, I can't help you. <laughs> Anyways, Google is free, Okay. But anyways, um, you take this backpack and it has multiple different like clippies. It has a like clippy strap on the bottom of it, the butt of the backpack, mm -hmm. if you will. I like and the backpack vocab. You got clippies and clippy backpack straps. Backpack butt. You got the clippy straps. You got the drawstring fabric. I'm gonna need a diagram, honestly. Well, pocket. I'll draw a really shitty diagram for the Instagram. This is where this is going. <laughs> but. Um, you take the backpack one, backpack where he keeps his applesauce. I needed to get that out. And you roll it up, and it kind of goes into, like, sleeping bag size. And your sleeping bag and your backpack tent can, like, be clippied right to your butt. Mm. Don't sit on it. I It'll wouldn't hurt. advise it. Yeah. That is, that is a different level of pain to sit on a rod like that. Please don't make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's classic. That's what she said. <laughs> you know what? I can't police whether or not you choose to sit on your own backpack butt pole. That mm. is a choice. And these are expensive items. So again, I, I just, I cannot fault you if you choose to do so. Ooh, this is turning now, into a different type of podcast. That's a different episode. <laughs> What is and is not safe to use as lube in No, shut up. It's in the notes. We made you it in the notes. You need to leave. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, oh, God. What other notes do we have on these tents? These ones are so shitty. Oh, no. Um, rainy, rainy. Sorry, I'm thinking about the fucking rod joke. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> what not to use as a butt plug in the wilderness? <laughs> so terrible. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, let's get back into the tent frame of mind. Yeah. So, I mean, you've gone over tents that you outright, uh, like, recommend and you, you know, have experience with. But is there any tent that you just wouldn't advise at all for anybody that's going camping? Yeah, there's a shit list. A shit list? A shit list. For example, say, a pop-up tent? Fuck no. That is, so a pop-up tent uh, is a fairly recent tent in recent years. 
is that you take that shit out of the bag and it just pops right up. That was a terrible <laughs> pop sound with my mouth. Let me see if I can get it better. How was that? I don't think I heard it at all. <laughs> Leave that in, Christian. I'd like my dumbassery to be shown right there. Um, what's it called? The pop-up tents, you take them right out of the bag and they just pop right up because they kind of compress themselves. The problem with this is that they have literally no weight they are almost never times, zero out of ten times, capable of being brought around places and used as an actual tent. 10-10, do not recommend as tent usage. This is the tent that you put your kids in. This is the duck tent. You take the little tent, you put it outside. They can fake like they're camping. And you uh, let your kids get swept away people. in a tornado. Yeah, and that's your fault. You didn't keep them in the survival of an actual tent. Right? That's your <laughs> fault thing. Not ours. And that's what I call a catastrophe. That's what I call a catastrophe. Um, it is not our fault if your child gets swept away in a tornado, especially since we told you not to use this tent. But what about an inflatable tent? I, okay, so the first thing I'll say is that your, <laughs> your forest foot plug will not work here as they are inflatable. <laughs> <laughs> um so the problem with this is that so the other tents usually use a like stainless steel a different kind of like carbon fiber rod essentially right so the way that the tent's set up is that you stick all of the rods together you make sure to like hammer them down they become structural integrity right mm -hmm. um the rods for an inflatable tent you'd think that the tent in and of itself is just like a balloon bouncy castle by the way that it's said no the rods themselves are inflatable so in in my mind what you uh campers at home are probably picturing is one of those like pool noodles that you're hitting each other with right <laughs> you okay rainy did i break you no it's great pool <laughs> noodle tent pool noodle tent another reason to not use it I love it. Uh huh. Pool and then, noodles, TP. <laughs> TP for your bottom in case you don't have that good, good one ply <laughs> and you are scared of accidentally using poison ivy when you go into the bathroom. The. <laughs> I'm, I'm breaking you right now, aren't I, Rain? <laughs> I'm like sitting here having an existential crisis. Poison ivy, well, asshole. Oh, God, no. So, okay, here's the thing. Poison ivy is, like, super bad. And it spreads. Oh, so, is it? You know, theoretically, apparently it is. Um, oh, my God. Now, listen here, you motherfucker. <laughs> um, All right. Watch your profanity. No. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> makeshift shelters, though... Now, Rain, mm -hmm. we're sitting here. I'm sitting here. Poppy, Poppy is telling you around the campfire about these tents that you're trying to make up, right? Mm -hmm. About these tents where you already have the supplies. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you a scenario, okay? Give me a scenario. Lay it on me. Okay, so you are wandering in the woods. You find a good camp spot. You accidentally sit on your camp rods 
and it's mm. so traumatizing mm. when you go to go to the bathroom that you almost <laughs> use poison ivy as your toilet paper. You don't do it, though. Well, thank God. And it's a win for you. But in your fear trying to find leaves that aren't poison ivy, you inevitably get lost in the woods. What do you do <laughs> to build your shelter where you don't have your supplies specifically for your tent? Mm -hmm. I'm going to need a whole lot of sticks. I'm going to need a whole <laughs> lot of leaves. Uh -huh. I'm going to need some sort of natural binding agent. Okay. And I'm going to make me a leaf hut. You're going to make a leaf hut? Okay. How are you going to design that leaf hut? Think. Mm. In your wilderness terminology, how are you going to make this thing structurally sound and insulated, partially? What are you going to use? Mm. Mud. Mud? <laughs> you know, like they do with huts. That is incredibly specific. Thank you so much, comrade. <laughs> <laughs> you are the tent expert here. Well, I'm trying to see if you'd survive. And guess what? You failed. I'm you not doing failed. a great job. It's a great thing that we're in the safety of the camp and this campers is why you should remember that your counselors are also people and now while rain will die because of lack of shelter i'm gonna die of a different thing but we'll get to that how well, you now you're huts? gonna tell me how you make a leaf hut properly <laughs> i am in fact going to tell you how to make a leaf hut so um, you know how we talked about like the structural integrity of your uh, carbon fiber rods that we do not recommend to use as butt plugs? Um, <laughs> you take these sticks, you go around, you are lost in the woods, there's a lot of sticks nearby, and you're going to take these sticks that are more like logs, don't use like sticks like your arms because you don't work out, right? Uh, you're going to take logs mm. and you're going to stack them up on top of each other to make almost like a cone formation. Alternatively, you can take these things and you can crisscross applesauce them, essentially, with one stick right at the top. And then you can weave those together in a formation where you make like an A-line tent shape. We are telling you these terms so that I don't have to physically describe it to you what an A-line tent shape is. Because Google, again, is free. Um, and then, as Rain said, you can take some mud. You can pack that mud on there. Right on the walls, you pack leaves, dried leaves, or, say, pine. And then you're going to put that together, and boom. you got an insulated house that'll mostly keep out the rain. Mostly. No pun intended. You're not keeping me out of shit. <laughs> if I want to get into that leaf hut, I'm going to get into the leaf hut. You know, I don't doubt that. You take Not my Girl Scout planet. cookies, it's going down, yo. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, um, what's also good is that we do have a hut that is nicely prepared for you for when it's snowing outside, right? Mm -hmm. So you are lost in the wilderness and you also don't have your stuff, but it's snowing. Um, now, if you do have at least a sleeping bag, this will work. If you don't have a sleeping bag, you're going to have to get naked. And that's your own fault. But this will help. 
the way that that body temperature of yours listen your body temperature is going to keep you mostly alive if you can regulate it get out of the issues of the weather you have to make sure that your body is insulated which is why this is helpful so usually everyone knows kind of like what the shape of an igloo is you know the the dome shape kind of like the dome tent wonder where that design came from and what you have to do in this scenario is that you have to take at least something to stand it up. Say, even just like your backpack or a stick that you found. You're going to stand that up right in the middle. You're going to take your sleeping bag or your clothes, depending on what you have. And you're going to put it right over top of the sticks to make like a pillow fort. Think of it like a pillow fort. You're not dying in the cold. Hypothermia is not getting to you. It's just a pillow fort. Keep that in mind. Campers. <laughs> Rain, you're just dying to yourself quietly, aren't you? It's a good thing, yeah. <laughs> I when really you, feel uh, prepared. You, you feel prepared in this moment to make yeah. your pillow fort snow fort? Yes. See, but how do you know that you're keeping the weather out? That's my next question. Is that you have to insulate it with mm-hmm. snow all around. Pack it in. And once you're inside of it, even if you're nude, you're at least protected from the wind. That's what's going to keep you safe right there. Um. <laughs> so anyway, understandable. Okay, moving on. Did you want to do your sentence? Yes. Okay, so... <laughs> In the event that you make one of these snow globe igloo types of shelter and you are advising to get naked, what can you do inside of the shelter in order to um, benefit warmth or promote warmth? Okay, so if you are with other people, um, we do not mean this in a sexual way. Don't you be perverts, okay? When I say this, you just have to cuddle, okay? cuddling that's it um because cuddling naked uh it'll insulate your own body heat if you yourself are naked you do just kind of have to fend it off you will not get hypothermia as long as you are insulated from the cold at all temperatures and you make sure that you are hydrated there is going to be a reason in the future of why we emphasize so much stay hydrated (laughs) um but other than that your only bet now is to make a fire. Mm-hmm. How do you make a fire? Oh, are we going to leeway into fire making now? I was thinking we were. So I, in order to turn this conversation around, now I will ask you what the three things you need to create a fire are. I think I am a bad person to ask for this, but I think it's going to be funny that you do so. Yes. Um, <laughs> so... Um, hypothetically, not gasoline, as far as I have learned. Sure, hypothetically. Um, (laughs) Hypothetically. Uh, The first thing you need is Tinder, Mm -hmm. um, because you are lonely in a society of quarantine. (laughs) Um, And then you need fire Tinder of uh, actual, like, dry materials of some sort. Mm -hmm. Um, You need dry logs to catch and then you also need something to actually start the fire so like a flint 
uh, and matchstick, something it's called. Yeah, that. honestly. Yeah. So, yep, <laughs> pretty on the money, actually. So the they like to call it a fire triangle. They're the three major staples of creating fire. Uh, you have heat, which is obviously like the kind of heat you would get if you lit a match or you took a lighter to the um, fire itself. Uh, okay. You need oxygen, which you'll be getting from the air around you. Unless you're breathing you, and hyperventilating. And, unless. And then you have your fuel, which, no, of course, is not technically gasoline, but it's your leaves. It's your tinder, like you were saying, your pine needles, uh, your twigs, your sticks, your logs, your firewood. Anything okay. along those lines is going to be your fuel. The more fuel you have, the longer your fire is going to burn, right? It's just simple. Yeah. Excuse me, I burped. <laughs> you were not excused. <laughs> um so one of the biggest things um when you make your fire uh, you're gonna want to like take everything that you've collected so your leaves your pine needles your paper um whatever you've been able to muster up and you want to make a pretty loose pile you don't want to pack it tightly because you still need like the oxygen to be able to seep into the fire uh, to keep it burning um okay tps yes TPs may not be your friend when it comes to tents, but when it comes to fires, they are. Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) So you essentially, with your sticks, twigs, and whatever other small branches you might have been able to come up with, you're gonna make a TP. Okay, (laughs) you're gonna stick them all. Oh, you're just talking about shape, tinder. not burning the teepee no, itself. No, <laughs> okay. We're not going to be burning teepee. That's a waste of a good fire. Uh-huh. <laughs> you didn't do your job. So, uh-huh. no, it's going to be the general shape of a teepee with, you know, you have your sticks and twigs going all around your tinder uh, pile that you created. You swiped left, you swiped right, you found exactly what you needed. Uh-huh. <laughs> And uh, I would honestly recommend starting small and building up from there. Um, that'll keep your fire burning longer. Okay. Um, then... I do have a Tinder question, though. Ask me that Tinder question. So the Tinder question, how can I get more likes? No. Um, <laughs> my question is, there are different issues with finding Tinder, right? right? So one of the things is that you'll see, like, dry wood that has um termites in it i think that when you put it on the fire it starts like popping when they explode yeah dry fire yeah well not dry fire but dry materials like that could have that issue um so you do try want to try to find like the healthiest wood you can like if you notice that the wood is rotting or it's got a lot of holes or it's been like chipped away at uh, you probably don't want to use that uh so i tend to like look for logs that seem to be mainly intact and when you're in a forest it's honestly difficult because it's not like somebody's going around and like sifting the wood into like a good pile and a bad pile so you kind of just have to find it yourself but wouldn't Um, it be fun take the initiative for your fellow camper who is also lost in the woods (laughs) um now here's another question is how wet is too wet to use as tinder Uh, So, like, honestly, you can, and this is just in my experience, you can technically have, like, a log that's slightly damp. Like, a lot of people tend to think that you can't use, like, firewood the morning after, like, a rainstorm or, like, a a drizzle. Like, as long as it's not so 
soaked up with water like let's say there was like flooding conditions then it might be difficult but if you just got a little bit of wetness it's a little bit damp you can go for it mm-hmm. but honestly in a big old forest you're gonna find stuff that maybe was untouched by like the weather or um isn't as bad as the others so it's just a big scavenger hunt to find the most viable product okay and now my last invasive question (laughs) how do you start it yeah so i mean most of the time if you're planning on camping you're gonna have some sort of a light source like a lighter um, but again we are lost in the middle of the forest Right. We're dying. So, <laughs> when you're lost, there's going to be a couple of different ways to start a fire. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, the easiest thing you could do first. You know, a lot of people like to think of uh, that good old uh, twig on a rock, and they're just sitting there, like, twisting it as hard as you fucking can <laughs> until you maybe see a little bit of smoke start to produce. But by the time you see that, you're so exhausted that you just want to take a nap anyway. Mm-hmm. But then you're going to get hypothermia. Uh, yeah, You didn't exactly. start your fire. Um, and then there are other ways to do it. Like they, there's like a method where you can use flint and steel, but once again, you have to have that material on you. Um, so I'm just trying to think like the easiest thing. See, I might have a method that might work. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Sorry. I'm thinking, but, like, I didn't really plan for the idea that you're not going to have, like, a match source. That is the whole point of us, Rain. I know. <laughs> um, so I did see this trick, and I was going to try it out for myself. Stricture. And when I did try it out for myself, I did almost set a fire law, or alarm mm-hmm. alarm. So, um, insert indiscriminate. I, I think we're not going to have to use this yet, but Christian does have planned a, hey, insert uh corporation here please don't sue us we are poor so that may come up in later episodes please keep an eye out um but no i did not set off any fire alarms to the best extent of the truth of my knowledge but i am not in court so i do not have to testify as such um one thing you can do (laughs) i can see your face right now in my head You're doing great. I'm listening. I'm listening. One thing you can do is to get the fire started. So if you just have a straight up like log and then a twig, it's not going to work. You cannot like roll that thing together in your hands and have that start anything up with smoke. You actually have to cut a rough chop like hole in the wood itself Mm -hmm. because that's the only way you'll get it to actually spark up. And you have Mm -hmm. to have that dry material then next door, right? So you have, like, twigs and stuff. So when it starts smoking, you're going to have to shield it from the wind. Um, That is honestly the first way that I figured out. Next is that you you do have to produce a spark, you can just catch the spark that you make. Yes. Okay. That's when you match on Tinder. Yes. (laughs) Now... Um, Here's our next question, and this does actually involve having the materials, right? Mm -hmm. Now, theoretically, okay, Mm -hmm. totally theoretical, you mentioned that you can't use gasoline for this. Why exactly? No, I didn't necessarily mean you can't use gasoline. I'm just saying 
your fuel doesn't necessarily have to be gasoline. Okay. So theoretically, you already have the fire going, and you choose to accidentally use the fuel as well. So, say you were putting your face close to the fire to make sure that you... speaking from personal experience? No, no, no. It's purely theoretical. (laughs) Purely theoretical. Obviously. I said it. Right. Um, You put your face very close to a fire... Because you wanted to make sure that the gas that you were pouring on said fire actually got in. And um, for those of you at home who totally could not guess this, uh, gas is very flammable. Um, What do you do if, by chance, the fire does a little bit of a flare-up when you Mm -hmm. put the gas on it exactly? In your face. In your face? In your face. Uh, well, what are we speaking like? Is the Are you getting a burst of ash in your eyes? Are you setting yourself on fire? Does it count setting yourself on fire if it was just an eyebrow? If hypothetically, not speaking out of personal experience, yeah, no, totally somebody not. were to singe their eyebrow, uh-huh. first thing you'd probably want to do is turn away from the fire. If you're on fire... Just like they taught you in grade school, stop, drop, and roll, make sure you're extinguished totally. Um, And then if you did your due diligence and had a first aid kit, you'd want to turn to that. Now, Uh, okay, so uh, your face is on fire, you've stopped, drop, and rolled. What should you have already packed for this case scenario instead? First aid kit. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, uh, technically, in a first aid kit, you kind of have a subset of things that you should have in it. Um, So what typically I would recommend is having some sort of uh, antiseptic or burn cream. Uh, You have instant cold packs, which are pretty cheap, and you can buy them in bulk online. So if you're like a regular camper, you can get those. Uh, Mm -hmm. Gauze rolls and pads, bandages, adhesive tape, gloves, because who wants to touch your burning, scalded face with their bare hands? I mean, Uh, now let's not hate on people. (laughs) Um, An emergency blanket. If you get stuck out in the cold and and you're freezing your ass off, you want that emergency blanket. You already Um, tore all of your clothes off for the Right, right, because you you naked and you're in the igloo, right. Yeah, Um, yeah. But yeah, things along that nature. It's like your pretty typical stuff that you can find in um, an OSHA-approved first aid kit at Home Depot. <laughs> because we at Camp Catastrophe uh, not only approve OSHA regulations, we are also unionized. Super unionized, yeah. Super unionized. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, first thing you obviously want to do, you want to check on the burn, make sure it's not still uh, ignited or, or spreading in any way. Um, and mm-hmm. as long as it's contained and it's completely extinguished, uh, you don't want to actually apply anything cold to it because that can actually make it worse. Um, really? So Wait, really? You, yeah, when you get a burn, they actually recommend running lukewarm to, uh, to like, warm water over it. Okay. Um, like, the cold could actually make it worse or it could feel worse for whomever is going through it. So okay. if you're so going to rinse off to... somebody's wound, you're going to want water that maybe you left out or that's, like, room temperature Okay, um, so I have another theoretical scenario. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, purely theoretical. Mm-hmm. 
So say you're working with hot oil and you're camping, and this will come up later um, when you're cooking. But you're working with hot oil and you're trying to pour it out and maybe pour it into a jar so you dispose of it properly. Um, and you burn off uh, your fingerprint along with the rest of the details of your thumb by pouring oil over your thumb accidentally. <laughs> well, do you do you approve of the use of mustard being put on your finger in this scenario as first aid, as realistic first aid that I definitely have not done in real life? Mustard? Mustard. I am taken aback right now. <laughs> First of all, how, you, you, like, you genuinely have to do a number on your <laughs> finger to, like, burn off your fingerprint. And then on top of it, that. It got better. Like, and then you treat it with mustard? Yeah. I, I heard that it stopped. Um. In all my time at the fire academy, nobody has ever told me. If you come across a burn victim, they're hurting real bad. You slap some mustard on that sucker. Nobody has ever said that to me. I am fucking amazed right now. Mustard? I'm never told right you now. That. Yes. I'm not. I'm not joking. <laughs> oh my god! Just because someone says to use mustard on a burn doesn't mean you should. Okay. But I can now confirm for you that you don't, in fact, get at risk for an infection as long as you clean the mustard off eventually. In fact, mustard may actually cause your skin to burn or worsen existing burns. It what? Thank you, Healthline.com. Wait, it what? <laughs> Wait, could, could you repeat that for your, for your lovely and dear poppy? In fact, mustard may actually cause your skin to burn or worsen existing burns. Thank you, Healthline.com. Is that why my <laughs> finger is still very smooth? Maybe. Well, and um. honestly, there is no guarantee that your skin is going to grow back the exact same way that it was before. But it's not like, you know, you don't have fingerprints. It's just like a thumbprint. Maybe it's slightly distorted. Who knows? Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't recently. It's, it's grown back eventually. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'm sure it's on its way. I'm sure it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, again, maybe don't take my uh, first date advice. Please, for reference, for the campers back at home, um, Rain actually went to Fire Academy. <laughs> That's yeah. not at all a bit. Not at all a bit. <laughs> yep, Would you like to say that credential best, for us real quick? The best five months of my life. <laughs> So Rain is actually our resident fire safety technique person. Uh, um, yes, keep that I... in mind. And I definitely have not theoretically, hypothetically at all burned my thumb off with oil. Hypothetically. Totally hypothetically, hypothetically speaking. Of course, metaphorically speaking. <laughs> yeah. But yes, I am happy to proudly brandish the title of Firefighter 1. Um, and I've gone through both my hazardous materials classes. So pretty exciting. Um, mm -hmm. it's so funny because when you take hazardous materials classes, they basically tell you, here's the book. If something happens, find it in the book and follow the instructions. 
So you just are expected to have the book on you at all times? Yeah, when you're responding to like a hazardous material call, you always have the handbook um, on hand. So like on my fire truck, <laughs> we had it. Um, so like if you're ever responding to a call, you're just like, yeah, we're winging this. <laughs> yeah, it'll, I mean, it'll work. What's the worst that could happen? I passed you my die? tests. I'm sure I'm qualified Fine. in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> That's great. I love it so much. But, I mean, it's it's funny. You know, fire safety really just trickles back to a lot of the same stuff that Smokey the Bear probably told us when we were younger. Like, there's some really great posters, honestly, of Smokey the Bear that I could probably pop up on the website. But there's, like, one... And it's so good because it has Smokey the Bear holding up pictures of other bears doing things. And he's Will you like, do me that favor of sending this in the Discord? Oh, us? absolutely, yes. Um, okay. So it straight up says, promise that you will be careful with matches, with smokes. <laughs> because, they, you know, they called them smokes before they called them cigarettes, of course. Um, with campfires, with any fire. And for some reason, these bears just look, like, they look chaotic. Like, they look like they want chaos. And I love great. that one. Where it's like, he is just walking up to this fire with a shovel. <laughs> like, like, what I'm are you going to do? I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill you with my shovel. And then I like, am going to get up to you. Matches, he literally looks like Travis Scott going on no. going, like, ape shit on the, on the stage. You know what me I'm talking about. It's so good. It's so good. Oh, man. What he doesn't show is that with campfires. He could just piss on it. He could just pee on Oh, well, we're venturing into Bear Girls territory here. Why would you ever remind me of that? <laughs> um, How <I'm> <laughs> dare you? Look, I, I have an unbelievable obsession with Bear Girls. So eventually there's just going to be an episode that I post behind your back where it's just an hour of me talking about Bear Girls. You and Christian are just going to get on call and then you are just going to be talking for a solid hour on you Bear Girls. do this? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> I really enjoy this, but there is something we have to emphasize is that as much as we are telling you guys over there, our campers, about all of this stuff, we do generally take our safety seriously. We do, uh, There is yes. an emphasis on the fact that, like, you know, safety is a very big thing in the world currently that we ignore. Fire safety, I don't think, has really been taught in schools as good as I think it should be for years. Uh, yeah, honestly, schools... Um they typically only tend to do like a day or two of fire prevention um, every year. Um, like we tend to visit the elementary schools and it's really just the elementary schools that we visit. You know, like we're not visiting the middle school. We're not visiting the high schools. And honestly, I feel like these are the people that would benefit from it most is the older mm -hmm. kids that actually have access to the things that are going to start fires. Um, mm -hmm. And then when you take into consideration that we literally have tens of thousands of fires in the United States every year for, for people like having their gender reveal party and they set the entire fucking California state oh, forest God. on fire. Just or, get a cake and color it pink or blue seriously. and be on your merry way. <laughs> yes. Uh, you have people that get fireworks um, that they don't know how to handle and they're starting fires. Like, And then with that, you're losing precious environment. And mm -hmm. yes... 
forests will grow back, but the point is they should never be burned down in the first place. So you really have to exercise caution. Even if you're just making something as simple as a campfire, you want to make sure it's permitted with the local fire department. Uh, they have to be at least 25 feet away from like anything that could actually get set on fire. So if there's a fire tower, um, if there's camping grounds, like you cannot set that fire anywhere near there because if shit goes haywire, you cannot set your whole campsite on fire. Who wants that? Now, um, I think I asked you this, like, before we started recording, but did you get up the statistics of, like, forest fires in the past year or, like, the statistics on it? Oh, yeah, I have, like, a whole thing up. Hold on. The quiet. You want 21? 2021? Yeah, 2021 would be good. In 2021, there were 58,985 wildfires across the United States, with 7.1 million acres being burned. And that's coming from IIII.org, which is the Insurance Information Institute. Oh, God. This... It's, like, insane, the sheer amount of fires we have every year. <laughs> For reference, um, Rain is in college, I'm in grad school, um, we went to high school together, and everything before that actually, fun fact. Um, the last time I think I've ever had fire safety training was in high school, only explicitly to get out of the high school, go onto a bus, and then learn how to get onto the back of the bus and get off. Yeah. That was it. That's honestly the extent of, like, fire safety training. Like, and with all due respect, like, the stuff they teach you in school is not really applicable to what you're going to be doing if you're going camping with your friends or what you're going to be doing in a house that you've never been in before. So Mm -hmm. it's just, it's not, like, they really have to start having a higher focus on it. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think, so you had to answer some calls, right, when you were full-time firefighter? I was never full-time, but volunteer, Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was the most common fires within campgrounds that you either, like, saw or heard of? In our particular area, we don't necessarily get called out to campfires because we're not, um, like, that area. Uh, mostly fires that we got called out to were, like, illegal burns in people's backyards. Um, because, like I said, you have to make sure it's permitted. Like, and then, fun fact, you actually have to have a permit to have a bonfire in a lot of, like, areas here. So if you don't, and someone calls the cops on you, we have to come to your house and we have to make you put it out. And it's like, yeah, we're buzzkills, but at the end of the day, if you don't have a permit, like, you could cause a problem, you know? What, uh, what becomes the legal size of a bonfire, exactly? Campfire versus bonfire? Well, an actual bonfire that's permitted um, in the state of New Jersey. I'm just going to double check to be absolutely positive. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's a bonfire shall not be more than five feet by five feet by five feet in dimension and shall not burn longer than three hours. That is per the state of NJ. That's it? Yeah. <laughs> That's why you really have to put it into perspective. Some of the bonfires that people light are really outrageously illegal. So that's because... not even like a bonfire at that point. No, it's that's di- like I mean, a that's a fire fire. Yeah, like it's kind of crazy. Um and then people like you know will throw like ragers in the middle of the woods. If they don't know how to contain it or put it out safely, it's going to cause a fire. Um 
like people think you can just throw water on it and you're good to go but like there's still stuff burning underneath all of that so what do you do at that point like you have to make sure it's fully extinguished so Mm -hmm. like the best thing like i tend to do um so actually funny story before i was a firefighter and everything and before i knew really how you were supposed to put out a fire the proper way um Mm -hmm. i literally took the whole bucket of the drink like cooler that we had filled it up with water poured it on there all of that ash came back into my face and my face was on fire for two hours straight now would you call that a first degree burn or just damaging i'm so (laughs) sorry i couldn't you are already almost legally blind man yeah at this point is this what caused it (laughs) maybe it is I, I, you, how old were you? <laughs> um, when I did this, it was before the academy, so I was, like, 16 at the time, I want to say. Oh, my God. Uh- <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh-huh. But that's, that's, I guess, why we're really, like, emphasizing it. Both of us has done mm-hmm. some very dumb shit in terms of safety, in terms of getting everything together. Um, mm-hmm. That's why we care so much about it. Right. Yeah. And that's what we're bringing to this podcast. <laughs> we can have fun. We can draw attention to matters that people may not think about on a daily basis. And we can make the world a better place. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we're making it a better place. We are encouraging people mm-hmm. to do butt plugs with their right, right. backpacking gear safely. But I don't think that's a bad thing as long as they don't kill themselves accidentally. <laughs> accidentally. And you know what? Even if we don't make the world a better place, at least we kept you campers safe. That is what we're here to do. Next time, we'll cover camping recipes, food storage, and how to keep your snacks safe from animals. Until then, stay hydrated. Stay sharp. And survive. Thank you to our camp maintenance man, Christian, our editor, who you'll definitely hear from in the future. Brady Kellum for creating the glorious intro and outro music you heard here today. And Juliet Hunter, who drew all of the artwork that you can find on our website along with transcripts of every episode. If you want to message any of our partners regarding their work, their preferred contact info will be in the episode description and linked on our website. Thank you for listening, campers.